Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Today, 
got a great show for you. We're welcome Elizabeth Earnshaw. And Elizabeth is a renowned Gottman therapist, a licensed marriage and family therapist, clinical fellow of the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy. And she has a new book coming out November 30th, her debut book, I Want This to Work. And it's a trustworthy, inclusive guide to navigating the most challenging relationship issues we face. Couples will learn to work with three challenges they must tackle to prepare and strengthen their relationships, conflict, healing, and connection. And today, Elizabeth and I talk a bit about conflict and unfair expectations and relationship shoulds. We've all been there where we say, my partner should know what I'm thinking, right? And it's actually a pretty absurd thing to think, but we do it because we just want love and connection. And sometimes it's hard when our partner doesn't give it to us. And obviously that doesn't work when we have that approach of, hey, you should be doing this. You should take me on the date night. You should take out the garbage. I shouldn't have to ask. So Elizabeth and I get into the details of why we do that and how to talk to our partner better so that we can create more connection, have better dialogue in less conflict. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and hope you guys enjoy today's show. Hi, Liz. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we're going to talk about unfair expectations and relationship shoulds. So why don't we start by having you share with us what some examples might be for unfair expectations that we might bring into a relationship? Sure. Yeah. So so many of us, we enter into relationships just expecting the things that we've either observed that we saw and we really liked, or we kind of internalized, or things that we hoped would be very, very different from what we experienced in childhood. And so what can happen is we can enter into relationships with a lot of really unclear expectations. And so Sometimes an unfair expectation is something that's like absolutely not possible. It might be an expectation like your partner should be able to read your mind. And sometimes we have unfair expectations because they're not spoken, but they could potentially be possible. For example, we might expect that our partner um, takes us on romantic dates sometimes. And so it might be unfair if we don't speak up about it, but it's not necessarily an unfair thought to have. It's just a problem if you assume the other person's going to know. And why do we seem to always do that? That we think our partner should be able to read our minds. And I'm, I want to ask you why we do that and how we can communicate to our partner the things we would like to see happen, like that romantic date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really good question. Why do people assume that other people know what they think? I think some of it is that human beings are just naturally a little bit egocentric. We assume that the way that we think, the way that we were raised, the things that we want are often the things that other people think, want, the things that other people experienced, how they're feeling. And so what happens is that we kind of forget to get curious with other people to see if there's differences. And because of that, we assume that when someone doesn't do something that we had hoped for, 
or doesn't understand our feelings, that it's because they don't care about us. When in reality, it's just that we're, you know, we're all different people. Um, and your second question, how do, how do we express it when there is something that we want? So it might be something that's totally fair. We have a need, we have a desire, there's a feeling we have. One of the ways that I suggest that people try to bring up issues is by making sure, number one, to not make your partner the problem, but to rather talk about the thing that's been the problem for you. So for example, with the date nights, it's not that your partner is unthoughtful or lazy or unromantic, which when we get resentful, we might say things like that. We might say, you are, you know, you're never romantic, you never think of me, but instead to talk about what's been difficult for you. So to say something like, hey, you know, over the past few months, we haven't been spending a lot of time together. That is really hard for me. I love spending time with you. And it's important that we spend time together. So do you think that there is a way that we can start making more time for that? Um, or it might be saying something like, I love date nights. And one of the things that's important to me, and I don't think I've ever expressed this, is when people plan them. And I'm just wondering if you could start doing that in our relationship. Now, when I make this suggestion to people, one of the things that they'll say a lot is, I shouldn't have to ask. And so that's where we get stuck in these shoulds. They'll say, but I shouldn't have to ask my partner to take me on dates. They, they should just know, or I shouldn't have to ask them to do X, Y, and Z. And that's where we can really get ourselves into trouble. I shouldn't have to ask. I definitely have felt that way. And yeah, but it's a crazy egocentric thing to bring into a relationship, really, because it's like, no, you do need to ask. And we have different upbringings. We're different people. And that's what makes relationships beautiful, but also very hard. So I want to go back over. You, you said the specific things of how to talk to your partner. And that's so important. You know, don't make your partner the problem. Use I statements instead of you, you, you do this. What if we use I statements? We don't make our partner the problem. We communicate in the best way we can, but then our partner gets defensive and they're like, Hey, what are you talking about? I, I tried to take us on a date two weeks ago and, and this and that. And it seems like that's a lot of times from personal experience, that's a inevitable thing that comes up. I don't want to say inevitable, but a thing that comes up. So how can the defensive partner not respond that way? And how can the partner that's asking for the date nights then continue the dialogue with a partner that's getting defensive? I'm so glad you brought this up because that is the big problem, right? Is that if I suggest to people, well, just bring it up, make sure that your partner knows, share this with them. It is often the case that they share it and then the response is defensiveness. And that can be really defeating. And you said inevitable, and it, it kind of is inevitable in our relationships to be met with defensiveness. And it shouldn't be kind of the chronic state of being. So when we bring up an issue, we can reduce the likelihood of defensiveness in the other person by using I statements, like you said, by making sure to talk about what the actual problem is and not identifying character flaws. And so we're avoiding criticism in doing that, right? And a an easy hack is to make sure that you're not using words like always or never. So if you say things like you never think about me or you're always on your phone or you're never helping around the house, 
those types of statements are going to be likely to elicit defensiveness. Even if the other person shouldn't get defensive, they probably will. And that's because it's human nature to defend ourselves, right? So if you start criticizing me, or if you start telling me that there's an absolute truth about me, for example, you're saying you never think about me. So that's you're saying that it's an absolute truth about me that I'm not thoughtful about you. I'm going to start telling you all of the moments where I was thoughtful instead of actually listening to you. So as the speaker, as the person bringing up the concern or the complaint, it's really, really important that you do it in a way that talks about the issue and talks about your own feelings. Now, you might do that and your partner might still get defensive. And this is because defensiveness is about perceived criticism. So it could be real criticism. It might not be, but it's the perception of it. And so if your partner feels any sense of shame or like you're not understanding the whole story or they're embarrassed, they're going to get defensive. Now, if you're the partner who gets defensive and you're listening, you might even be having defensive thoughts about that. Um, You might say things like, no, that's not true. Or yes, it is true that I haven't like done a lot of dates recently, but that's because I've been so busy. So you'll over justify yourself or you'll add butts in. So if you are that person that finds yourself doing that, the biggest thing that you could do is next time someone brings a complaint to you and you notice yourself starting to explain it away or even counter criticize, stop yourself and take a deep breath and notice that you're getting defensive and recognize that if you get defensive in that moment, it's going to just amp up the criticism of the other person and it's going to increase disconnect. So they're either going to get more mad and they're going to say, see, I told you, you never listen to me. Or they're going to say, forget it. I don't care. And they're going to disconnect. So you don't want that to happen. And instead, what you can try to do is take responsibility for your part or validate any part of what the other person is saying that makes sense. So your partner says, honey, I don't think we've been having enough date nights. I really want some more date nights or I would really love for you to plan dates. Instead of saying something like, well, the reason I haven't planned dates is because you haven't had enough time for me recently. What you want to try to say instead is, you're right, we haven't really hung out that much recently. What do you think we should do about that? Or taking responsibility. You're absolutely right. I've totally slacked on planning dates. When you do those two things, you are going to help your partner to feel seen and understood. And it's going to create connection instead of disconnect. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. 
His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. .co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie, their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. The ego just makes this a lot harder than you're saying, <laughs> right? The whole taking responsibility is so important, but that's hard to do when our partner comes to us and is like lodging a complaint, even if they do it in, in a nice way with, with I statements. I feel that something I'm, I'm really trying to work on is to not have my response be like, yeah, but I'm busy or in 
to take responsibility. So what are some things someone could think about if they're feeling like their partner is not taking responsibility? And then on the flip side, if maybe they have trouble taking responsibility. That's really important. So first of all, you don't want to make this about creating more shame. Like you said, the ego makes it really hard to be able to do these things on both sides, right? It's an ego thing to use criticism too. Um, So being able to dip into yourself and your vulnerability is really hard to do, um, whether it's by bringing something up gently or not being defensive. Really, really hard. Because of that, the last thing you want to do is create shame. But that can happen very easily when people make missteps in their communication, right? And this happens with my husband and I sometimes even, and I'm a therapist, but he'll get defensive and I'll say, see, you're always so defensive. And in that moment, I'm criticizing him. I'm making the the conflict even more about people being wrong and not good enough and all of that. So we want to work really, really hard on extending grace to ourselves and to each other. And so one thing to think about is when I catch myself doing these things, if I catch myself being critical, if I catch myself being defensive, is there a way that I can have compassion with myself instead of saying, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm, you know, I I can't get this right. Compassion would look like saying something like, you know what, honey, I'm really sorry. I don't know why I just said things that way. Let me try again. When you have compassion, you actually can access trying it again. Compassion with the other person is also really important then. So if your partner gets defensive, instead of saying, you're always so defensive, are you able to say something like, hey, honey, what what's going on? I am just trying to talk to you about something that's important to me. And I can hear that, I don't, I don't know, I feel like maybe you think I'm criticizing you or something like that. So when you have compassion for your partner, when you can give them a grace, you can actually be curious about them. Same as someone's being critical. Babe, I really want to listen to you right now. I can tell that something's important. And the way that you're talking to me at this moment is making it really hard for me to listen. So when we extend grace, we give people another chance. We let them know what's happening for us. Now, if it continues on and your partner keeps criticizing you or keeps getting defensive or whatever it is, then clearly it's time for a break. And the reality is, is that I don't really know any couples who are so amazing at dealing with conflict that they avoid these situations all the time. So when you can't avoid it and you just keep getting entrenched, at least one of you has to be able to take the initiative to say, this isn't going well. Let's just take like 20 minutes, chill out, and we'll talk later. It can be really hard because the other person might be still stuck in like what you said, that ego, like, no, we're going to talk right now, or why aren't you listening to me or whatever it is. But at that point, a break is really, really important. One of the other scenarios that I feel in experience is that it can become a competition of of feelings maybe and so then you know one partner has a issue with something and they'll say come to the other partner they use i statements and instead of an excuse or not taking responsibility it's they'll bring up an issue 
with something else, right? So it's like, yeah, I did that, but you did this. And and that's going to lead to nowhere, basically. So what would you say to people stuck in that pattern? Yeah, really good question. So that would be called the blame game pattern, <laughs> where there's this competition. And sometimes it's um, about feelings. You know, I feel really sad because you aren't doing X, Y, and Z. And the other person says, well, you know, I feel really angry because the way you spoke to me last night. So I guess that's just how it is. And you get entrenched in this pointing fingers back and forth, which is really frustrating, obviously. And what happens is in most cases, nothing gets resolved because you get totally gassed out in the argument and then it just ends. You sweep things under the rug and then you fight again when it comes back up. So even within that though, there's still that defensiveness coming up, right? I'm sad. I'm telling you I'm sad because we didn't talk today. And then your defense to that is, well, I'm not going to let that in. I'm putting my shield up because I'm mad at you. And that's why I didn't talk to you. So even if your feeling within your defensiveness is totally valid, it often doesn't get heard if you utilize it right away as your shield. So I'm sad, I'm going to put, and I'm mad at you. You're sad and I'm mad at you. I'm going to put my shield up right away. I'm going to block your sadness. Because essentially, I'm saying your sadness doesn't count because I'm mad. The second that that happens, you've already decided that you're in a power struggle with each other. You're deciding who's important, whose feeling is more important in that moment. And that is really challenging to get out of. And so what I encourage people to do is try to slow down. And this doesn't mean that your defense isn't eventually going to come up. At some point, it has to. But it might mean that even just for a split second, if somebody says, I'm really upset, we didn't spend time together, and you're really mad at them, maybe what you could say is just take a second, five seconds and say, whew, okay, you know, tell me what you're upset about. I want to hear it. Or just validating. I get that you're upset that we didn't hang out today. And then because your side is really important too, you can seg into, would it be okay with you if I talk about what was going on for me that made it hard for me to hang out today. When you ask a question around consent, it's so strange. Sometimes that's all it takes to turn something from feeling like it's you being defensive to feeling like a conversation. So if you have something you need to explain, if you have a counterpoint, if you also have a feeling, just saying something like, would it be okay with you if I talk to you a little bit about what about what my perspective was in this situation, that can make a huge difference. Those little dialogue tricks are so valuable because I feel like it does help to put the defenses down and communication is so important. That's why I love going over the way you're doing it, like specific things that we can say to de-escalate or to make it feel less blaming because that's how you have a productive conversation. It is important that we're using I statements. It is important. Uh, I love that you said that. I haven't heard that before, but to ask a question, you know, would it be okay if I share my side of this? And your partner could say no. They could be like, I'm I'm angry. I don't want to hear it right now. And maybe they should say, but let's take a break and tell me in 10 minutes. So 
really valuable dialogue tricks to, to implement. Yeah. Yeah. And even if they say like, no, I'm angry. I don't want to hear your side. I actually think there's still more you can do with that where then you can say, okay, I get that. So what do you need me to hear? Um, because it sounds like you don't feel like I'm completely understanding. Because people really only block that out if they think that you're not getting it. And so by by giving a little bit, by saying, okay, I'll put my position to the side. What's going on with you? What else do you need me to understand? Then you are more likely going to get that other person to put their defenses down talk a little bit more, and then offer you that space for you to explain yourself. So we talked a little bit about unfair expectations. It, it sounds obvious, but it's not, but that our partner can read our mind. And we use the, the date example and gave some great dialogue around that. How can we examine our own expectations and get to a place where we're asking, you know, we are asking our partner for things. We're using I. I statements, but maybe some of them just aren't realistic, if that makes sense. How do we navigate and think about our expectations in general? Yeah, that makes that's a really good question. And it makes complete sense. So we are going to have plenty of expectations that are reasonable and can be met in the relationship. And we're also going to have many expectations that are not reasonable. Um, for the relationship. They might be reasonable expectations for life, but maybe not reasonable to have one person be able to meet them. And one thing I'm noticing with relationships in general is that we're kind of in a world right now where we expect more from our partners than people have ever expected before. We want them to be our best friends, our lovers, business partners. Like my husband and I work together. I mean, there are so many things that we are expecting and relationally from our partners. And something that is really, really important is if you find yourself starting to be disappointed or feeling like your partner isn't meeting all of your expectations, to sit with yourself and to say, well, is it because they have to? Could I still be happy in this relationship if they don't? And if they are really important to me, are there other places that some of these things can be met? Um, or are these even fair for anybody to do for me? And so, you know, we might have this expectation that our partner and I are going to always be together and that they're going to be the one that makes my life feel fun and full and we're going to do all of our activities together. And maybe that's not what's happening. And so is that something that maybe you can start expecting your friends to spend more time with you? You can start expecting yourself to pick up some hobbies or to do some other things outside of the relationship. So there are going to be expectations that you're not getting. And this is the really hard part. You have to decide, is this something that I can get somewhere else and it's still going to be okay for the relationship? Or are these like deal breaker expectations? I would say for many people, they're not deal breakers. But if you don't do that reflection, what ends up happening is you get into conflict because Again, you just have all of these shoulds placed on the other person. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 
Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, love tribe! I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. It's so important to get clear on our own expectations and then to share them with our partners because like like we've been talking about they're not mind readers right they they're not going to know what it is how often you expect to go on a date night because I always like to say this but that's why relationships are so hard we have unique upbringings we're unique individuals and then we come with another person who has their own uniqueness and one person a date night every two months is like perfect and the other they want it weekly but unless you talk about that you're gonna have conflict right so it's such a valuable exercise not only to to understand our own expectations, but then really the important next step is to share them with our partners. Yeah, absolutely. And then the question is, can we create like win-win scenarios most of the time? And like that example you gave was so good. You know, some people are totally fine with like one date a month, two dates a month. And other people are like, no, I want to hang out with you multiple times a week. Um, You know, my husband loves spending a ton of time together And it's so sweet. And if he was matched with someone who's like, you know what, I only want one date a month. I don't know how that would work out. But it's not that either person would be wrong, right? The question would be, can you come up with win-win scenarios together where you're able to look and say, okay, you, you like to have more independent time. I like to have more time with you. What feels like a happy middle ground here that kind of honors both of our core needs while still making room for flexibility. And this is something I talk about a lot with expectations. In a relationship, you have to be willing to be flexible with most of your expectations, right? You have to be willing to say, you know, I would love X, Y, and Z, 
but because I'm building something with another human being, I'm willing to take influence from them around what that's going to look like in our lives. When should we not be flexible around our expectations? I know a lot of the time I've talked about values, and that's obviously super important, someone being ethical. But to me, that's it's understanding our expectations. But when do we draw a line? Yeah. So definitely values and definitely respect, right? So everyone should have the expectation that they're going to be respected in their relationship. And this is across the board, like that they're going to be physically respected, emotionally respected. Um, And when people aren't being respected, things like verbal abuse can happen, physical abuse, um, not taking you into consideration in the relationship. So tons of unilateral decisions being made, um, throwing you under the bus, gossiping, like all of those types of things. It is reasonable to expect that your partner respects you and protects you, right? Um, And the other thing that I think is really important is values. And I'm not just talking about there's actually like room for difference with some values, right? Like I might really value um, money and somebody else that I'm with might not. And there's actually ways that you can work through that. That's called a perpetual problem, but it doesn't mean that it's not, there's not a middle ground that people come up with that happens a lot in relationships. But there are certain values, um, like you said, ethics that really, really matter. And if you expect that other people are, let's say, an ethical person and they're not, that's a totally fair and normal thing to expect. And you're probably not going to be too flexible with that. Well, Liz, you have given us a lot to think about and a lot of great tools to implement in We've talked about this before on the show, conflict resolution, how to talk to our partner in the most productive ways, but you can never talk about it enough because this is like the day-to-day, the little things that add up in a relationship, but that make a relationship. So thank you so much for all the great insights today. Before we wrap up, are there any things that we skipped over or maybe that you want to emphasize? And also please share with our audience about your forthcoming book and then we'll say goodbye. Awesome. Yeah, no, you did such a great job asking questions. I don't think we skipped over anything. I think you did such a nice job thinking of like examples where it it might be hard for people to navigate this type of stuff so that we could call some of that out. So thank you for doing that. Um, And my book is, I'm so excited. It's going to be out on November 30th. It's called I Want This to Work. And it is a guide for healthy relationships. If you are struggling in your relationship, if you're feeling frustrated about, you know, disconnect, uh, difficult communication skills, and you're not really sure what to do next, I offer a lot of really clear advice and suggestions based off of my work with like hundreds of couples over the past decade um, for how to change some of those really stuck issues in your relationship, just like we talked about today, actually. Awesome, Liz. And where can people find more information about yourself and about the book? Great question. Yeah. So you can find more about me on my Instagram at Liz Listens. I share relationship advice there. You can also find me at abetterlifetherapy.com. And my book is going to be everywhere that books are sold. So anywhere you like to buy your books, 
it will be there. Um, and there's also the audible version as well if you prefer to listen. Awesome. Well, our listeners can find the links in the show notes and at idopodcast.com. And thanks so much for coming on the show today, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com